at home, open up God's Word to Romans chapter number 11 this morning. And if you're able to here this morning, and even at home, let me invite you to stand out of respect for the Word of God. We're in Romans chapter number 11, and we're, we started this series last week on the treasures of darkness. And we're living in uh, some interesting times in the world's history and our nation's history. And all these snicker bars are a distraction. I'm going to get rid of these for just a second. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'm going to put them there so you all can watch, make sure Brother Flynn doesn't get close, okay? <laughs> Romans chapter number 11 this morning, and we are excited about what God has for us. And I know sometimes, uh, as we'll see in the message this morning, a lot of times we don't really understand why things are happening the way they are, but I, I know this, God is always at work. And I want you to look at these verses this morning that the Lord laid on my heart that I believe will be a blessing to us. In Romans 11, <clears throat> the Bible says in verse 33, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. And God's people said, Amen. Lord, thank you for this morning. We love America because we love the God of America. And I pray that you would bless this morning the Word of God, your Word. Use it in our lives. And Lord, I know that as human beings, we may not always understand. But may we gladly accept the fact that your ways many times are past finding out. Help us to understand this wonderful truth this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm so thankful for these verses. How that many times in our lives, and even as I think about our nation's independence, 244 years, that our God brings us to the place where we are no longer looking for answers. What we're doing is we're simply finding rest in him. That's, that, you know, I think about all that's happening and it has happened. And of course, none of us know what's going to happen in the days ahead. But I know this, the one thing that we need is uh, we need to find rest in the Lord. Uh, it's not the absence of trouble or maybe heartache uh, that people need the most in their lives, but it is the presence of the Lord who truly is our treasure in the darkness. And as we look at this passage this morning, I love verse 33 where the Bible says how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. It reminds me of the fact that we are, we are finite beings. We are limited. But God is infinite. Uh, God is, listen, there is no limit to what our God. We just talked about what he did for the Hamiltons. And can I say this morning, if he did it for the Hamiltons, he can do it for you. And we think about how, again, his ways are past finding out. There are so many things, I think, that humanly speaking, we shall never really fully understand. But 
One thing I see this morning is that God's wisdom is based on his knowledge. His wisdom is based on his knowledge. Look again at verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. There are two words there I want you to take note of this morning, and it's the word wisdom and the word knowledge. If you're in the habit of underlining things or highlighting your things in your Bible, those are two good words to pay attention to because when I look at the word wisdom there and the word knowledge, it helps me understand that God's wisdom is based on God's knowledge. Now just let that settle in for a minute. God's wisdom is based on his knowledge. God knows all things. That means he's an all-wise God. He is the omniscient God. He is the all-knowing God. Our wisdom, when you think about God, God's wisdom is based on his knowledge. Our wisdom is based on the knowledge that we have. Does anybody here know everything? Don't raise your hand. I know some people think they know it all, right? You ever met one of those? Or don't say that I'm married to one. That's not a good thing to say, especially when you're sitting next to them. But listen, we are very limited in what we know. When I think about our knowledge, what is it based on? It's based on the past, because we have knowledge of that. And it's based on the present. But see, God's knowledge goes beyond ours. God's knowledge, his wisdom, is based on the past, it's based on the present, and it's based on the future. God knows what's going to happen in the days ahead. We don't know, but God knows all things. And look, he is just as aware of tomorrow as he is aware of what happened yesterday. And when I think about how important it is that we understand that what God knows, what he knows works in perfect harmony with what God does. See, it's very important we understand this because it's certain that when I think about me and you and all of mankind, God knows us, does he not? He knows his sheep. The Bible says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. God knows us better than anyone else. We can pull the wool over on many people in our lives, but the Bible says he knows them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any Man pluck them out of my hand. God knows, listen, God knows us by name. I mean, you think about not only does he know us by name, but how about this one, especially for some of us guys, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. That means if you go to comb and one falls out or you pluck one of those from your head, God says that's number 444. Now, I'm getting down into the teens numbers with my hair. Some of you are laughing. You have less than I do. But God knows. He knows everything about us. Why? Because we belong to him. If you're saved today, you're a child of God. He knows us and he loves us. And listen, the love that he has for us, we understand it's an everlasting love. God's love doesn't change. Jesus says here in John chapter number 10 that he gives unto us eternal life. You think about that, from the moment that you trusted Christ as your Savior, and I pray that you do know Christ, but from the moment you trusted Christ, from that moment forward, the Bible says here that he gives unto us eternal life. Those that know him will live with him for all of eternity. That means forever. Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life, and look at the words, they shall never perish. That means God's children, his sheep, they will never die and go to a Christless eternity. 
because he says, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Verse 29, look at the words here. My father which gave them me is greater than all and no man. See, there's no one more powerful than God. No man is able to pluck them out of my hand. He says, out of my father's hand. Every act of God, everything that God does in our lives, and we'll talk about that this morning, but every act is based on God's complete and God's perfect knowledge. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. Job said, can any teach God knowledge, seeing he judgeth those that are high? And the answer to Job's question is no. No one can teach God. No one can teach him knowledge. God sets, listen, when I think about what he is doing in our lives, God acts in wisdom. But understand, and you've probably seen this happen in your life, God allows things to happen in our lives. Job certainly could attest to that in his life. And here's what he says in Job 21, 19. God layeth up his iniquity for his children. I saw that verse this past week and I, I thought about that. He says, he rewardeth him, and he shall know it. Now, I looked at that, and again, we should study the word of God. When the Bible says there in Job 21, 19, God layeth up his iniquity, the word iniquity there really carries the idea of this matter of weakness or sorrow. God allows sorrow and weakness in the lives of his children, but notice, he rewardeth him, and he shall know it. God allows things in our lives. Why? Because God's wisdom is based on God's knowledge. And truly, God's ways, when you think about this, God's ways are past finding out. So we think about how God's wisdom is based on his knowledge, but watch this. Man's knowledge, yours and mine, is limited. Unlike God, man's knowledge, our knowledge is, is never complete. It's never perfect. There, when you look at life, there's two ways you can go through life, and maybe you've discovered this already. You can go through life with a, an approach that is centered around man, or you can go through life with a life that is centered around God. I really believe that a believer in Christ should not live a life that is centered around man, the things of this world. We should live a life that's centered around the things of God. It's very important that we understand this that Christians should always have a God-centered approach to life. All that happens in our lives as Christians is for the glory of God. It's not for us. And look, at, look what it says in verse 34. The Bible says, Who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? No one is God's counselor. And the Bible tells us clearly here, when we go to God and we spend time in what is known as prayer, Prayer is not a time where we can twist God's arm and we can try to get God to change his mind on something. We cannot counsel God. Look at verse 35. The Bible says, Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. Look, the Lord is self-sufficient. God doesn't need us. He, he doesn't need anything to exist. He is the all-existing one, self-existent. And as we think about this, there is nothing that you or I can do to add to God. It's impossible to add to God. Look at verse 36. For of him and through him and to him are how many things? All things. So when I look at this verse here, uh, listen, all things are of him. All things are through him. All things are to him. Why? So that he would get the glory out of it. 
See, man, our knowledge is limited. And we should want every event, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's going on in the world, we should want every event in our lives to be used for God's honor and for God's glory. How many of you want that in your life? That God would get the glory out of your life. Now, this past week, as I was thinking about Romans chapter number 11, and I was looking at this verse, I've had many things in my life, some closer to me than others, but what came to my mind was a situation that happened uh, back in 2004. Uh, I went to Bible college in Knoxville, Tennessee, and of course, Lauren uh, Hansen is going to school there now, and it's been a great place where God has used to help many many uh, young men and women to train for maybe a, a call of God on their lives, or maybe some just going to get deeper in their Christian walk with the Lord. And I know when I was there at the college many years ago that there were some situations that happened, some tragedies. One of my closest friends went home to be with the Lord. And a lot of times we don't understand. Why? Because man's knowledge is limited. Sometimes we question God. And I, I was thinking about that back in 2004 because it, it was where I went to college. I remember the story when it came to me. I don't remember who related, but there were five young Crown College students that actually died in an automobile accident. And when I thought of these young people, I know this, based on the testimony that I heard, I never knew them personally. But I do know this, that they did not live in vain, and when they left this world, they did not die in vain. You see, their lives, yes, were cut short. But according to the Bible, they shall live forever. You see the pictures of them here, and the, what does the Bible tell us in 1 John 2, 17? The world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. When you look at the faces of these young people, two of these were graduates. On the top there, that's a husband and wife. That's, that is Aaron and Darcy Brown. Aaron was 21 years of age. Darcy was 22 years old. Down on the bottom, the uh, pictures of those three young men, one of them is Jonathan Pinkerton, 18 years of age. Brad Eskew, 22 years of age. David Childers, 21 years of age. The pastor of the college said that these were some of the most gifted, talented, meek, compassionate young people that ever attended Crown College. He said they were traveling of all places in the state of Florida. Back in 2004, they were on Highway 60 in Polk County, two-lane highway. They were traveling down this Highway 60 on June the 4th, 2004, when a tractor-trailer had a tire that blew out. It veered into their lane on a two-lane road. There was no shoulder to escape the truck. The truck crashed at high speed into the front driver's seat of the van. The report was the impact was so great that the motor of the truck came out of the truck and went through the van. At the moment of impact, every passenger on board was killed. The gas tanks on the truck exploded and the van was incinerated by the flames. And you might be sitting here this morning like those parents of those five young people or that pastor of that college. 
you might be thinking to yourself, where was God on Highway 60 in Polk County in 2004? Can I give you an easy answer to that? He was in the van with those five precious young people. See, a lot of times we, our knowledge is limited. God, why? Why would you allow this to happen? And yet the Bible tells us in Hebrews 13, in the last part of verse 5, he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Is that just something we throw around or do we really believe that? He said, I'll never leave you. See, these young people, one second they're in the van, they're enjoying life, they're serving the Lord, and the next minute they stepped into the presence of Almighty God. When they notified the parents of these students, the parents thanked the president of the college and the pastor of the church for taking such good care of their sons and daughters. How much they loved that place. It was evident that God's grace was there. I mean, when I thought about that, and I've seen that happen with so many other situations, the only people on earth that can respond to something like that in this way are people that know God. These parents, they thought to themselves, his ways are past finding out. God, their lives were so young. When things like this happen, can I tell you the one thing that you and I need to do, which I believe those parents did, is we immediately need to run to the Lord. Psalm 116, verse 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Go back to that picture of the scene of the accident. The part of the report that I read said that they worked for six hours trying to figure out what exactly happened? One of the reports said that the, the highway was so scorched and burned. The highway, the asphalt, said that the, there was this many pieces of wreckage everywhere. The van was pulling a trailer that one report said that the trailer ended up 100 feet past the van. They said the van was nothing more than a a pile of metal, a piece of metal, everything in it was burned. The only way to identify these young people was by their dental records. You see, we'll never get the help in our lives, just like the families of these people, until we come to the place that we flee to the Lord. I don't know what you're facing today, but until we go to God. We're not going to get the help that we need because he is the one that can help us during times like this when difficult things come to us, when we are suddenly in a place where we hear some bad news and we begin to tremble. Why are we that way? Because we have no strength. We are weak many times in our lives. Immediately things start to come to our minds and what do we do? Instead of going to God, we go back to our manward approach to things. How can I handle this? How can I deal with this? But listen, the moment that you and I turn to the Lord, God will help us. And through the eyes of faith, God will help us to see things from an entirely different way. His ways 
His ways are past finding out. These five young people, listen, there's no doubt from the reports I heard of their lives or testimonies that they had for years been pouring their lives into the work of God, into making their lives a sweet offering to God. And they stepped into the presence of God full of joy and rejoicing. You say, Pastor, really? According to what the Bible tells us, these five, like many others, they knew God. The question this morning is, do you know God? Or better yet, how can we know God? Let me give you three ways that you and I can know God. I know that some that I'm speaking to this morning, whether here or watching, maybe are already saved, been saved for many years, but you know, it's easy for us sometimes, like that truck, to start to drift off course or out of our lane. For some, this may bring you back to where you need to be in your life, and for others, it may be that this morning you actually come to know him in a personal way. Notice the first one I see is that our knowledge of God is through his son. The Bible says in your notes there, Hebrews chapter 1, I love these couple verses that begin this book in our Bible. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Let me just stop there for a second and say, if you catch what the writer of the book of Hebrews is saying is, that as we study our Bible in, in the Old Testament, that, of course, God was revealing himself through revelation, through the prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and so many others in the Old Testament. That's why many times when you read your Bible, here's what you read. Thus saith the Lord. They weren't saying what they wanted to say to people. They were sharing the message of God the revelation of God. And God says, in time past, that's how I revealed myself to people was by the prophets. But let's read on in Hebrews 1. He goes on to say, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. You know what those verses are describing? We call it the immaculate conception. We call it when God became a man without ceasing to be God, that Jesus Christ left the splendors of heaven and he came to this sin-cursed world and he robed himself with flesh. See, the Bible says there, look at it again, that he's the brightness of his glory. Jesus walked and lived among men. He took upon himself the form of a servant, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus came and what did he do? He robed himself in flesh. Why? So that we can know God through him. You see, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. 
When I think of this, how God gave his son, look at John 14, 9, what Jesus said unto him. He says to Philip, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Do you know, listen, I'm just going to give a little personal testimony this morning. I grew up in church. I grew up religious, but I didn't know God. I knew all about him, but I didn't know him. People talked to me about God, and it was almost as if I was aware of him, but I didn't really know who he was, what he wanted, what he did for me. Jesus said to Philip, he says, Philip, how long? Am I going to present myself to you until you finally get it? Until you really believe who I am, what I came to do for you? You see, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But Jesus, the son of God, loved us so much in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. I look at this, how, listen, how could we know the father apart from his son? Jesus was the only innocent person, did you hear me this morning, that ever walked on the face of the earth. There was no sin in him. When I think about the life of Christ, as it came to a conclusion on this earth, the wrath of God was poured out on his son as he hung there on the cross. Why did that have to happen? So that people everywhere could come to know Jesus as their Savior. You see, our knowledge of God is, first of all, through his son. But notice, secondly, our knowledge of God is through prayer. Hey, listen, prayer is a vehicle that God has given to us so that we can come to know him. We can come to know the Lord through prayer. And as we do come to him in prayer, the Bible tells us that we must believe while we pray. Job said, what is the Almighty that we should serve him? And what profit should we have if we pray unto him? In other words, look, don't always say, what can I get out of it? Understand, it's a time for you to get together with God. The Bible tells us in Mark 11, look at verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, what is it that you need today? What is it that you're lacking today? What is it that you're struggling with today? Uh, maybe it's that you, you've never been saved. Maybe it's that you're struggling with something that's going on in life. Maybe, maybe it's some condition that you're dealing with or a loved one. Whatever it is this morning, he says, whatever it is this morning, look at, look at the verse again. What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, what's the next word? Believe. Do you believe? He says, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. That's God's words, not mine. He says, look, if you really believe, I remember the day that I came to the place where I realized that I was lost, that I, I didn't know Christ as my Savior, and I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ that there is salvation only in Him. And as a result of that, I put my faith in the Word of God. I believe, and the Bible says, if you believe, you receive them, and ye shall have them. Notice what the Bible says as Paul was addressing those in Ephesus in chapter 3 and verse number 8. The Bible says that he writes unto me, 
who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given. Listen, if there was anybody that, that had a testimony that, that people, when he began to tell about the grace of God in his life, and it's recorded three times in the book of Acts, how that God came to him, and God says, why are you kicking against the pricks? And how God saved him there on the road to Damascus. Listen, I really believe that probably hundreds, if not thousands of times, Paul shared his testimony of his salvation. And here in chapter 3 of Ephesians, he says here, this grace was given unto me that I should preach among the Gentiles. And here's what he's preaching. The unsearchable riches of Christ. Now look at the next verse. According to the eternal purpose. Think about the word eternal there. Because the Bible tells us Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. It did not surprise God that we needed to be saved. We needed a Savior. God had an eternal purpose, and here it is, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is an eternal God. You study the Bible, he has an eternal purpose, as it says here in Ephesians 3, and that eternal purpose is for us. Look what it says as we read on in Ephesians 3, verse 13. Wherefore, Paul says, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the, Lord, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear what he said? He says, my tribulations, what I'm going through. And then he says here that I bow my knees unto the one who is allowing me to go through these. Paul understood that God's ways are past finding out. The Bible says, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he, God, might would grant you according to the riches of his glory. And here's what he's praying, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That was his prayer. He, he prayed that they would be strengthened. Listen, that's, that's my prayer. That's what God wants for you today, is that you would be strengthened in the inner man. And then after he prayed that, he prayed that God would give them understanding. Anybody like me ever lack understanding? Try to figure things out? Remember, our knowledge is limited. It's only based on what we know. Look at verse number 17. He says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. Paul says, look, I, I'm praying that you would understand things. Watch this. Here it is. That you would see things from a heavenly view, a spiritual view, a God-centered view instead of from a man-centered view. See, that's why it's so important to understand that our knowledge of God comes through prayer. That's what he's saying here. Paul was praying that they would have a spiritual view. Look at verse number 19 in Ephesians 3. And to know, to know, K-N-O-W, to have the knowledge of the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. He says, listen, you want to understand the mind of God? You want to understand the ways of God? Then why don't you pray to him about it? 
He says, I'll pray that you'll be strengthened in your inner man, and I'll pray that he'll give you understanding so that you will understand the love of Christ that passes all human knowledge. See, we can our knowledge of God, we can get come to know God through His Son, and we can come to know God through prayer. But notice thirdly, and even probably the most important, is that our knowledge of God is through His Word. When you look at the Bible, John 7, 17, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. You ever have somebody try to share something with you and you're like, I don't really know if that's in the Bible. I mean, they try to pass it off like it's in the Bible. Many times people want to take something and they want to twist it. I was telling one of our men, I says, I, I'm always mindful that anything I say can be distorted and twisted. Folks, listen, we have to understand when we look at this that our knowledge one way that we can come to, aren't you glad that you have a Bible this morning? I mean, think about it. There are people in the world today that would, that would probably give every penny they have to have just a page, a page of that book that you have on your lap. If you're like me, you probably have Bibles sitting everywhere. It's almost a shame sometimes. I have people give me Bibles all the time. I'm going to start giving them away. They're just sitting on my shelves. People need the Word of God. Why? Because the Bible tells us, notice here he says uh, about the doctrine, whether it be of God. Look, we need to know what the Bible teaches. Well, what does it teach us? It teaches us about God. And if we submit ourselves to His Word, we're going to find out things about God. Do you know why that's why many people struggle when it comes to their daily devotions? Because the flesh is weak. The devil doesn't want you to read your Bible. By the way, don't blame everything on the devil. We give him way too much credit. But a lot of times we just do a little Twinkie devotion. You know, I read for a couple minutes, Jesus wept. Got my Bible reading in. Well, bless your little pea-picking heart. We need to read the Word of God. Why? Because in the Bible, we, we learn more about God. For instance, in the book of Job, and I don't know why, but God just had me meditating lately in the book of Job, chapter 14, verse number 10. The, the Bible says, But man dieth and wasteth away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost. And where is he? There's a lot of people today that don't believe in a heaven. They don't believe in a hell. It's kind of believing in the hereafter or whatever, all this hocus-pocus stuff. But again, if you believe the Bible is God's word, the Bible is clear where a person would go. Job chapter 14 in verse number 7, there is hope of a tree if it be cut down that it will sprout again and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. You ever cut a tree down and you come back maybe a couple weeks, a couple months, maybe next year, and there's sprouts growing off a tree you cut down? That's why the Bible talks about life after death. You see, there's either eternal life or eternal damnation. But listen, when we die, that's not it. There is life. That's why Jesus came to give us life more abundantly. 
And the Bible teaches us as we read it, as we study it, look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8. We are confident. Say that word with me. We are what? Are you confident? Are you confident because of God's word? The confidence isn't in us. But he says we are confident. Look at, look at the words here. He says willing rather to be absent from the what? Is to be present with the Lord. Now that's for all those that have put their faith in Christ. That's why we need to read the Bible. Because without Jesus, what did he say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no woman, no boy, no girl cometh unto the Father but by me. It's the only way you get to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the door. See, you have to go through Jesus. He's saying today, maybe to some that are listening, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. I will sup with him and he with me. When I look at the word of God, it's clear that the Bible says that those that have died in Christ, they're with him. Anybody in here have a loved one that has died in Christ? Where are they today? They're in heaven. And we know that because that's what the Bible says. That's what the word of God says. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that he says here, you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Now look, some of you that raise your hand, no doubt you miss your loved ones. But the Bible tells us we don't have to sorrow because we know where they are. They're not lost. They're with the Lord. Let's read on. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, do we believe that this morning? Amen. He says, even so, them also, which sleep in Jesus, will God bring with him. What does the Bible tell us? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. How did I get saved? I heard the word of God. I heard the truth about God. That God loved me, that Jesus died for me. See, this is the promise that God gives us in his word. And as we read the word of God, we learn more about God. See, there is a, a thorough work that we see here in Romans chapter number 11 that God wants to do in our lives. If you look at the immediate text here in Romans 11, actually really Romans 9, Romans 10, and Romans 11, it deals with the nation of Israel. That's the immediate text. But I really believe God has given us his word to show us that God has a thorough work that he wants to do in your life and mine. And as we think about his work, we may not understand it all. I know if I ask you to raise your hand, you don't understand everything God's doing. But watch this. This is where our part comes in. Are you willing to allow him to do his work even though you don't understand it? I hope that's your heart this morning. Would you bow your heads with your, with your eyes closed this morning? Submitting to the word of God. We need to submit to the word of God. Let God speak to us. God will give us understanding. God will give us peace. His ways. God makes no mistakes. His ways are past finding out the Bible says. How many of you in your life have struggled from time to time because something has happened 
and you've taken a, a man-centered approach to it instead of realizing that it was God doing a thorough work in your life. Anybody else got your hand up this morning? I'm, as pa pastor, I've struggled. I'm struggling now. I don't really understand, but God has shown me this morning that His way, what He's doing is really past my understanding because my knowledge is limited. But this morning, the Bible has helped me to see that God's wisdom is based on God's knowledge. God would never, He would never do anything to harm or hurt us. This morning, I hope that if you're listening, that you realize that God loves you so much that He gave His most prized possession, and that was His Son, Jesus. His only, only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. If you're here this morning or you're listening, and you've never had a time in your life like I many years ago, where you've never asked the Lord to forgive you of your sin, come into your heart and to be your Savior. Can I tell you that where you are today, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, would you pray this morning to the Lord and ask Him to forgive you of the sin in your life? The Bible tells us that He will forgive you. Ask the Lord to save you from your sins, to give you eternal life. And the Bible says eternal life is through Jesus Christ our Lord. If that's you this morning, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, this morning to the Lord, would you pray a simple prayer like this? Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. You've shown me that today. I've known it for a while. And I want to thank you for loving me and giving your son that I can have a home in heaven. Today I receive your gift, your son Jesus as my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. And our heads are still bowed and our eyes are closed. I wonder this morning, did anyone, anyone at all this morning pray to God and ask them to forgive them of their sin and be their Savior? Would you slip your hand up this morning? You can put it right back down. I see that hand. Anyone else this morning? Just put your hand up and put it right back down. Anyone else that, that prayed to God? How about the Christians this morning? The Bible says if we confess our sin that was written to Christians anyone struggling today because you're trying to do things in your own knowledge instead of living your life surrendered or centered on God the Bible says that if we confess our sins he's faithful he's just to forgive us our sins I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I will ask you to stand to your feet this morning. Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. The piano's playing. 
Whatever it is that the Lord spoke to you about, maybe would you come this morning to the altar? Come meet the Lord. This is a time that God's given to us. Listen, listen. we'll, we'll go to our, our living room and our couch and we'll watch TV. We'll go to the store. Why don't you come to the Lord this morning? Would you come to spend time with God? God's been speaking to hearts. It's evident. One man this morning raised his hand and said, I trusted Christ as my Savior. Praise the Lord for that. Those of us that are saved, are you struggling in your life? Listen, Job, all that that man went through. Folks, many times we will not understand. But God is so faithful and he's so good. Let's pray as these are at the altar and may you pray right there where you're at. You may be seated. 